Hey there, it's Meredith, and I am here with Andy Tagle, host of NPR's Dear Life Kit podcast. Hey there, Andy. Hey, Meredith. It's so good to see you again. We worked together a few years ago on a great episode about how to give advice, and you guys are so good at just helping people figure out how to do everything. Meredith, it was a joy and a pleasure. It was a very meta episode we worked on. It was an episode about how to give advice for our advice podcast. Yes. Um, And I loved it. I've returned to it all the time. One thing I think about as a podcast host and advice columnist who deals with advice is how narrow my focus is. You know, I I Mm. am all interested in relationships and romance, and your team focuses on everything. Can you kind of give me a sense of the range of problems you've solved and guides you've given to people? Because I am always shocked when the new episode comes up and it's something I didn't even know I needed help with, but I do. (laughs) Thank you, Mary. That's really kind. Yeah. I mean, Life Kit covers everything from parenting to friendship to finances. I like to work a lot in the feeling space. I often joke that I you know, want to add to our emotions library. So it's a very wide range of things. The show we're working on right now specifically, Dear Life Kit, is our take, is the NPR take on an advice column for your ears. Um, and obviously, we have some very good, very talented company in that regard. Each episode, we take an anonymous listener question on anything, often the juiciest and most complicated questions in the pile, of course. And we match the topic of that question to an expert. So, for example, we had a multi-layered question about wedding etiquette, so we invited longtime advice columnist and author Catherine Newman, maybe you know her, to talk about that. We had another listener whose parents ran a background check on their boyfriend. Yikes. Yikes, yes, yikes is right, if that's what, if that's what you're thinking. Uh, <laughs> Although, yeah, it depends on what they found, of course. You gotta listen, that one's a good one. So I want to talk about the letter that's at the center of today's Dear Life Kit. This is the kind of letter that could come into the Love Letters column. Do you want to tell me why you chose this letter? Yeah. So for the episode we're sharing today, Meredith, my first question to you is, have you ever been the victim of over-generosity? Like, has anyone ever been so generous with you that it just overwhelmed you? Yes. Yes. It, it has happened. It, sound, it sounds like it wouldn't be a, a difficult thing, but it, it can be. I think why we were really fascinated by this letter was because it's such a good problem to have. You know, the listener kind of opens up saying, starts the letter saying, look, I know that I shouldn't be complaining. I know like having someone who's giving you too much, someone who's being really nice to you is a weird problem. And yet, but still. And so a lot of Dear Life it lives in that. And yet, but still those complicated, thorny, you know, not one easy answer issues. So I'm uh, really excited to share it with you. And I hope that your listeners knowing this season is about money issues and money and intimacy and money and relationships can also relate to this. Well, I hope everybody enjoys it too. And thank you so much for sharing it with us. Oh, my pleasure. All right, here it is, an episode of NPR's Dear Life Kit. Today on the show, whenever my boyfriend's parents are around, they pay for everything. I probably shouldn't complain, but it's just too much. Dear Life Kit. Dear Life Kit. Dear Life Kit. Dear Life Kit. I have a question for you. This is Dear Life Kit from NPR. How can I become a better caretaker? How do I deal with my parents' unrealistic expectations? And we're getting personal. I'm catching feelings for someone, but they're married. I'm your host, Andy Tagle. Every episode, we answer one of your most pressing and intimate anonymous questions with expert advice. I definitely, reading this letter, felt like, oh, I kind of know what that feels like. 
That's today's expert, Maya Lau. Maya is the creator, host, and executive producer of Other People's Pockets, a podcast asking people from all walks of life to get radically transparent about their personal finances. So it's safe to say Maya is not afraid to dig deep for today's question about the limits of accepting generosity. Okay, so today's question involves other people's parents footing the bill, as you know. Um, I know you talk about money all day long, and you're all about radical transparency. So I'm curious, is there any shade of money talk, money conversation that still makes you squirm? Yeah, when I ask for a raise or redo like my rate that I'm charging someone or anything like that, like that is something that I have so many different feelings about and there's like caveats and I was actually just talking to somebody about this yesterday and they were like, wait a second, don't you have a podcast about money and like you're so comfortable talking about money? And I was like, yeah, but like when it's my money and it's my worth, it's like, <laughs> wait, you know, back in, you know, I have all the same things everyone else does. So yeah, I definitely have a lot of limiting beliefs that stand in the way of me getting what I want. Mm, yeah. Uh, and I'm excited to get into it. Are you ready for your question? Yeah, totally. Okay, let's do it. Dear Life Kit, let me start off by saying that I love my boyfriend's parents. They're the kind of people you meet and think there's no way they're like this all the time. Except they are. They actually wake up every day at 4.30 a.m. so they can spend time together drinking coffee and gardening before they leave for work. They're kind, passionate, generous people, and they've treated me like family since day one. I know many people will think it's ridiculous to have any complaints about my situation, but here it is. They're way too nice. We live in different states, and when they come to visit, they stay for a week or two at a time and they pay for everything. Literally everything. Anything we do, anywhere we go, anything I even think about buying, they somehow sense it and beat me to it. They once found my shopping list while I was out and they did my shopping for me. They picked up everything, from the groceries right down to the very personal items I would have really preferred they left alone. I'm deeply uncomfortable with it, but I have no idea how to politely say, I'm a real adult with a real adult job and I would like to buy my own sandwich at lunch today. My boyfriend fundamentally doesn't understand where I'm coming from, so there isn't any help there. He says things like, your parents buy us stuff too. Sure, they send gifts on holidays, they might pick up the tab at dinner, but this feels very different. So my question is, am I crazy to complain? And if not, what can I do? Signed, no more free lunch. Okay. <laughs> Maya, I, I want to answer that last question first because I can immediately hear the groans of listeners. You know, poor you. People in your life want to buy you everything. What a pain. What a sad story. Um, and I agree that this person has, has a very good problem here. So right off the bat, do you think our friend free lunch is allowed or, you know, justified in complaining? Yeah, totally. I, I have so many thoughts and feelings about this. First of all, I have questions, which I know that I will not get the answer to these, but I want to say them as maybe Please a do. way yeah. to respond to this person to maybe think through some of them and, and that might help them a little bit. Um, first, is there any kind of class difference between you and your boyfriend's parents or your boyfriend's family? Is there a feeling of um, difference, of feeling uncomfortable, of proving something? Um, and also, is there a cultural difference? Are they from a different country than you are or just a different culture? I also want to know, how long have you been dating your boyfriend? Important um, question, yes. 
You mention your own parents and they pick up the tab at dinner, which somehow makes me think they're not long distance, like that you see them more often. And that will tie into something else I have to say about the long distance, like they come in from out of state and stay with you for two weeks, which in my book is a really long period of time Mm -hmm. to have house guests. I don't know how much space they have, if it really feels like there's enough space for everyone. Um, So there might be an element of like, the parents are like, look, we're saving all this money on a hotel. Right, like compensation and the imposition of it and trying to, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. The least we can do is pay for everything because all of that is still less than what we'd have to pay for on lodging. And maybe they they don't want to be a burden and they feel like, oh, we're with you for one or two weeks. It's like kind of a lot. So we just want to be like totally out of your hair and like we've covered everything. Like there, there might be some of that going on. Now, does that mean you can't say anything? No. Like I think that... I think you do need to have a real discussion with them and with, you know, with your boyfriend present and like super chill in some way, maybe before they visit. Let's get into that. Let's pause there. The, yeah. um, okay. let's, let's talk about the boyfriend. Ooh. Because uh, <laughs> um, what is going yeah, on there? I mean, yeah. Let's talk about his role in all of this. I mean, he might not fully yes. understand the point of view, it seems like. But does that mean it's right. not his problem? Yeah, I did. I did think it was really weird that the boyfriend's like, whatever, you know, the, you know, your parents buy us dinner sometimes, too. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, maybe the boyfriend's used to it. He, um, he just doesn't see it the same way. Um, but I think that, yeah, it, it it's odd. And it's it's a totally different relationship to him. Now, Maya, as someone who has uncomfortable money conversations all the time, what does that conversation with the parents look like? So I think that it's either a casual, if, if, if possible, conversation with the boyfriend also present and on having gotten on the same page ahead of time, or maybe it is just a conversation you have with your boyfriend and then you ask your boyfriend to have this conversation with his Mm -hmm. parents. Um, I would come at it from the stance not of, I am aggrieved and offended and infantilized, like, please stop, but more like, oh my gosh, you guys are so generous. Um, You know, I I, I love spending time with you and, you know, it's really great to see you. But I, I want to just say, like, maybe there are certain things that we can agree on ahead of time um, that, you know, if you want to cover them, you can. But beyond that, you know, we're good. Like, you really don't have to cover it. I also want to let you know if if this is really how this person feels. I just want to let you know that when you come to stay here, you are welcome here. And it is not a burden for us to have you for two weeks. Mm. I just want to say that in case, like, you know, because that yeah. might just be that something you're thinking yeah. about. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily bring up like, you found this note and you bought all these personal things and it was really offended. Like, I would just try to make it like, it makes me feel more comfortable and like there's less of an imbalance if we agree on some of these things ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that That's what I would do. And hopefully they are, you know, if, if they're generous, hopefully they are also good listeners. Like they're also and, kind. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like they're not going like to be like. It comes like, from a good place, right? So like, I think it comes from a mm-hmm. good place. I think it might come from a little bit of they either feel like a burden or they kind of get off on being like more generous than other people. But Yeah. I, I don't think that they're bad people. Yeah. Um, 
let's go back to something else that also caught my ear. You you, you brought it up mm-hmm. earlier. It was Freelunch's use of, of real adult. And I'm a real adult with mm, a real yes. job, and I would like to buy my own sandwich. So it seems pretty clear to me that this person equates money with maturity, with freedom. Yes. Um, and having people treat you like that, as you said, can be infantilizing. So <sighs> everyone's entitled to their own money feelings, their own, you know, money insecurities. But when there's such a big mismatch between mm-hmm. this person and the family that they're starting to blend in with, you know, how do you deal with that if that's going to keep coming up again and again? Yeah, I mean, I guess I would just say um, don't always assume that other people's attitudes towards money are the same as your own. So the fact that somebody wants to cover something for you does not mean that they are trying to assert that they are more adult than you and you are just some small child. It doesn't necessarily mean that. But if you feel that way, like that is an okay way to feel. But it is not a universal truth. So that's all I would say is like to try to like interrogate like where does that who how do you know that that's true? Right. So some of the awareness that like those values are very deeply ingrained and that not everyone shares them. So you need to take a beat here. Yeah. Um, Final thoughts, feelings Mm -hmm. on how best to approach sticky financial conversations about how to live a more financial, you know, radically transparent financial life. Yeah, I think that um, part of it is practice. Um, I think that we don't have a lot of practice talking about money. So that's why when we finally do, it's like, oh my God, this is so hard and and weird. So part of it is like, if money can be something that you talk about with your partner, with your friends, um, even like asking for a raise out of sport almost, you know, like just just practice, life practice, right? Um, I'm not saying that everyone needs to be obsessed with money all the time or, but I think that if it can be something that you're a little bit, have more practice with, I think it, it just makes it, easier. Um, But um, I do think that it is just honestly something that's on everyone's mind. So yeah, it's something we all have to deal with. Totally. Maya, before you go, we end every show by asking our experts for the best piece of advice they've ever received. We'd love to hear yours. Okay. So your sort of purpose in life or your like offering to the world is going to come in the form of something that you actually find really easy Mm. and comes to you naturally and Mm. is so obvious to you that it's very hard to identify. I'm going to have to have a think on that now. If you've got a question for us, you can find the Dear Life Kit submission page at npr.org slash dearlifekit. We'd love to hear from you. And if you love LifeKit and want more, subscribe to our newsletter at npr.org slash newsletter. This episode was produced by Beck Harlan and Sylvie Douglas. Bronson R. Curry is the managing producer, and Megan Kane is the supervising editor. Alicia Zung produces our Dear Life Kit social videos. I'm Andy Tagle. Thanks for listening.